Hello there, horror fans, and welcome back to Death by Pod. It's our frightfully good show where we just talk horror. My name is Matt Hudson, and joining me as ever is the Scream Queen herself. It's Elizabeth, also known as Bloggy Balboa. My friend, how are you? <laughs> I am really, really good. Well, I say I'm really good. The TV's been saying things to me. Is that what's, normal? Uh, what's it been saying to you? Because I've turned my telly on and these sort of lights were shooting out of it, but I didn't really I think really, anything of it. Yeah, well, as soon as it happened, I went to my mum and dad and I said, they're here. And they went, who's here? And I said, I don't really know, to be honest, but someone's definitely here. It was like, you know, AOL, where it's like, you've got company. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, when these little things shot out the TV, this, this, this small person walked in and started talking about jamming frequencies. And I was like, what are you doing? Are you, oh, you're not okay. meant to be here yet. <laughs> it's much later in the film. Almost his third act. But anyway, I'm very good. How are you? I am doing really well. Uh, happy to be back again in the death by pod i don't know mausoleum i don't know what we'd call it funeral parlor whatever insert horror <laughs> building here but mate since the last episode which we did say i did say in the silent hill episode we won't be it won't take as long for us to do our next episode it did sorry but we've seen covid apparently just piss off the queen's dead we've got a new king the prime minister's fucked off and we've got a new turd incumbent in number 10 there's a new dog on the scene. We've had the hottest day of all time in the UK. Uh, I know England women showed the men how to win a football game. Uh, Bloggy and myself, we, we finally hung out. We had some beers. We watched some shite on YouTube. And now, nine months later, we present to you our new baby. And by baby, I mean new episode of Death by Pod. But I mentioned the dog, mate. There's there's a new dog on the scene, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Um, I sadly had to say goodbye to my cat, Simon, and I now have a dog called Yaskir. I got a grief puppy and it was the best thing I ever did. Although uh, I will have to warn people, if you can hear like sort of sleigh bells <laughs> or barking. <laughs> Christmas hasn't come early. Normal. Yeah, it's him ringing the bells to go. So it's Yaskir. Yaskir, like oh, the witcher. I've been, oh, I've been calling him Jaskir. <laughs> yeah, it's a common common misconception it's you know you know the witcher the guy that sings toss a coin to your witcher uh, you've never na, na, seen na, it but na, i know na, yeah i know yeah. that it's him his name okay so yes yeah, yeah no he's a he's a beautiful dog uh he looks fluffy he looks like he likes to cuddle and um kind of old <laughs> dried up meat from animal feet yeah he likes chicken's feet courtesy of my mum um we won't go there Nice one, Mrs. I think she's secretly Bloggy. some kind of high priestess or something. She's yeah, we, we said it's like seance bits, the bits that were left over from kind of praying at the altar of this um, sheep gut or something. Yeah, it does literally look like something that they found in the basement in Evil Dead. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this that you've got? It's like, yeah, here's pig's trotters and some squid bollocks. And you're like, oh, great. <laughs> in fact, it came in like an old cauldron as well, sort of uh, <laughs> ran some alarm bells. <laughs> <laughs> when I opened it, like this big gust of air went through the house. <laughs> I went, <laughs> Green gas and started emitting from the walls. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, it's like that guy on the mummy where he's like, No, you mustn't read from the book. Yes. And they read from the book. Oh, it's like the end of Indiana Jones when they don't look at it. The <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's what it. happened. I opened it and just. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was kind of like people's eyes were melting out of their faces. <laughs> and But the dog, the dog loves it, so. Welcome to the family, Gaz. Welcome to the yes. Death by Pod gang. If you want to have a little bark, have a little bark. 
we don't mind. We're barking mad here anyway, so um hilarious uh, i've made so many shit dog puns over the last few days that i haven't heard from elizabeth for a few days because of it yeah you could say they were dog shit yeah <laughs> uh, barking up the wrong tree i'm in the dog house i'm just recycling <laughs> them now but um, you could say he was barking up the wrong bush the wrong there you tree. go it's <laughs> the funniest thing you've ever said and no one was here to hear it <laughs> <laughs> simpsons reference for those who are new to the show there's always a simpsons reference snuck in somewhere sometimes at the most inappropriate of moments or sometimes at the best but uh, one thing we always do as well which i almost forgot is what did you have for dinner tonight bloggy Red soup and then i had oh, wine minestrone soup, soup and wine um, <laughs> yeah. it was like a spiced you know like one of them covent covent garden oh yeah things that, did you that drink it out of a wine glass Yes. yes, I actually mixed the two together. I was like, yeah, literally yeah. a liquid lunch. Oh, yum! But at like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, good, good, good. Well, yeah. uh, so <laughs> you knew you were recording today, so set yourself yeah, up yeah. for the day. Okay. What about you? What did you eat? Go on, had... tell me, was it pizza? No, no, I've moved Ooh. away from pizza. I had fish oh, and no. chips tonight. Like from the chippy, or well, uh, no, the fish wasn't, but the chips were. I what so did you and and what kind of so is this I need more details so is this like a battered frozen kind of a thing or like yes it was a battered frozen Young's fillet and it was very nice but I I uh, underestimated what I had in the freezer turns I didn't have any chips so I had to um, (laughs) hightail it to the local chippy and grab some but it was it was a decent meal but I'm I'm trying to cut down on pizzas now so um, maybe every episode I will try not to have a pizza on the day we the day we record. Yeah, because well, you it was, it was pizza, but then you went through a bit of a love affair with the uh, pork chops, didn't you? And you said it gave you. I, I do like farts. a pork chop. I do Just like to a bring pork that chop. Back up again. <laughs> yeah, no, I do like a pork chop. I do believe in the last episode I was in a meeting and I really, really needed to have a poo, and I was sweating my oh, way God, through the yeah, meeting. I forgot about that. Have you <laughs> got haven't. over that? Uh, have no. You got over this? No, it's definitely. <laughs> it's it stayed with me. You're like my dog. What? <laughs> he shits himself when he gets nervous as well. You're like my dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just shit myself when I get nervous. It was that one time. I think. <laughs> I'm actually sitting on a on a commode now, on just just in case. Yeah. It's it's uh the pressure of being back again. Well, we are back again. Uh, I'm going to say it now. And this time, I think I mean it. We're not going to take months and months for the next episode no, of no. the show. Thank you, everyone who has been listening uh, con- constantly. Um, I've been checking those figures every now and then, and it's very heartwarming to see that uh, there are still so many horror fans out there who are like a couple of idiots talking horror films. And that's what you're going to get tonight. Bloggy, what are we talking about tonight? I know you're wake- you have- you've been waiting for this for a while. Ah, we are talking about one of my favourite horror films, Poltergeist. Would you like me to tell you a little bit about Poltergeist? Um, Who's in it? Who directed it? Yeah, and then I want to hear your take on the synopsis, please. Okay. Well, contrary to popular belief, it was not directed by Steven Spielberg. It was directed by Toby Hooper. Not Tobe Hooper. Not Tobe. Toby Hooper. (laughs) <laughs> not Tobe, even though it's spelt that way. Tobe. <laughs> what a stupid name. Why would you shorten Tobe when it's already short enough? <laughs> Tob. <laughs> Toe. Good old Tob Tobho. Um, it was released. <laughs> Toe hoop. <laughs> Stop it. It was released June the 4th, 1982. Uh, and in the UK, that was September the 16th. So it stars Craig T. Nelson, my main man Craig T. Nelson, as Steve Freeling, Joe Beth Williams as Diane Freeling, aka Mum and Dad, Oliver Robbins as Robbie, aka the child that no one gives a shit about, 
Dominique yep. Dunn as Dana Freeling, the other child that no one gives a shit about. <laughs> Heather O'Rourke as Carol Ann Freeling, the main child. Uh, Beatrice Strait as Dr. Lesh. Zelda Briebenstein as Tangina. Martin Casella. Casella? Casella mm-hmm. as yeah. Marty. And Richard Lawson as Ryan. How well received was this film? On Rotten Tomatoes, it scored 87%. It had a letterboxed user score of 3.6 out of 5 and an IMDb user rating of 7.3 out of 10. So, pretty good, to be honest. I wonder, just for sort of science, how does that stack up to the remake? Because we're obviously going to talk about that at some point, but it has, I'm just assuming this is better. Uh, yeah, this is. I did yeah. check yesterday, but the 2015 remake is currently sitting at 29% on Rotten Tomatoes and 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb. I can't imagine it's much higher on Letterboxd, but Uh, it wasn't particularly well received. Yeah, no. All right. Well, my synopsis for Poltergeist then. Also, for anyone that has not seen the film, we're going to spoil it. Please go away and watch it and then come back or have it spoiled. Um, You know, do what you like. It's up to you, isn't it? Yeah, it's your life. Um, so my famous synopsis is let me think god I've just completely I've had a massive brain fart and I actually can't remember anything about the guys doesn't it for the rest of the podcast <laughs> yeah. um okay so there is a family um kind of like living the American dream they've moved into this promising suburb they're kind of first on the scene because Steve Freeling is a sales person for the estate i'm assuming that or a developer or something like that and he they all kind of move in and everything's hunky-dory and they've got like some fun neighbors and everyone comes over for beers and everything and then all of a sudden the tv goes on the fritz and Mm -hmm. carol ann goes missing um and then she starts sort of being like and she's basically in the tv and there's ghosts in the tv poltergeists and then they have to go and um you know it's kind of a lot like the entity. They have to go and find like some bloody mm, college mm, lot mm, that mm. no one gives a shit about in a back room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A bit less rape in this, but yeah. Um, yes. You know, find, find like some um, ostracized academics that deal with supernatural stuff. Ghostbusters. And try to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, essentially. So that's that's my synopsis. Blonde girl sucked into a TV. Ghosts. Thank you very much. Here we go. I was Thank thinking it was Carol Ann goes missing. Also, Dana goes missing as well. She just, as soon as the going gets tough, she's off. <laughs> That's oh, my shit. opinion on that she's character. Just like, oh, I'm going to go and uh, have some underage teen sex for my boyfriend. See you and, later. And it's like, like, no one cares. Yeah. yeah. Mum's like, well. As long as it's not with the builders outside. But, oh. <laughs> well, you've already I said this is it. one of your favouritest horror films of all time. Usually we go up top and say, what do we think about the film? So we already know that, but I'll ask you why. Why is Poltergeist one of your favouritest horror films? It's not so. I Controversial opinion. I prefer Poltergeist 2. Um, you've said this before. I think you've said it on the yeah. show. Probably the I last absolutely, one. Like, I absolutely love Poltergeist 2. I think Poltergeist 2 is fantastic. And mm-hmm. I saw Poltergeist 2 as a child before I saw Poltergeist. So, huh. um, But I still really enjoy it. And I think probably Poltergeist 2 then Poltergeist. Um, I just really I like it because because it feels like a Spielberg. If Spielberg did a horror, that is kind yeah. of what it, and, you know. So 
yeah, to- Toby, Toby, Tobe, Toho. Um, he did. A, he did a really <laughs> my main man Toho. Oh, he did a really good job of you know the, the the direction and everything, especially you know just the really simple things like the chairs moving, and um, it really really worked. And you really feel for this family because of oh Spielberg did write it as well, so yes, that would explain a lot. Um, yeah, with Spielberg's writing and and Hooper's kind of direction and everything, it's um. It's a really warm horror movie, and it's got a lot of um, sort of laughs and funniness, but then it's also very scary. So that's why I like it. What did you think of Poltergeist? Oh, Poltergeist. Well, yeah, Toho was he just was the director of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that, which I'm sure everyone listening already knows that, but he has already got horror credentials. But working alongside mm. Spielberg, that almost seemed like a dream partnership with the Spielberg's of Amblin kind of feel. He's just come off the back or at the same time as E.T. This film came out as the same time as and Toby Hooper with his horror credentials. It's like, this is match made in heaven. Um, First time I remember the first time I saw this film, I I thought it was a bit pap. Um, This was a while while ago now. I think Mm -hmm. I was expecting chills and like proper like horror. I think uh, because of the name of it and the reading the synopsis on the back of the VHS but every time I've watched Christ, it since... when I've, was that? This is a like blockbuster days, way back right, when. Right, okay. Gee, I thought like, it was like, you know, a couple of years ago, but then you said VHS. <laughs> yeah, instantly no. dated yourself. Yeah, I've, I've, I've aged myself horribly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> retro, retro. You even um, mentioned blockbusters. Do you want to talk about uh, Woolworths while we're here? Oh, Woolies. Yeah, I, spoke, I was talking to somebody about Woolworths yesterday, actually, in the pub, um, because rather than talking about proper stuff, we were talking about redevelopment and... Woolworths. It's the sort of thing that you would talk about in the pub as well, Woolworths. I had a few. You're like, should have a pick and mix? That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to cinema. I used to get those Coke cans for about 20p. They're only little, but you get three or four of them. And the pick and mix, and you'd get the toys and the games. It was um, it was a proper wonderland, that place was. I'm really sad yeah. it's gone. But um, a bit like the house in Poltergeist, it just upped and left at the end, sucked into a vortex yeah. of yeah. retail. We'll never see it again. Um, they were literally the makers of their own demise, weren't they? they <laughs> that was yeah, the last recession were. that we had as well. Let's see what goes this time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Anyway. Well, the high street's gone this time. But sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh, well, guys. Yeah. The more I watch this film, the more I enjoy it. And I watched it the other day for this. And, yeah, I, I, I find new things each time. And I do enjoy this film an awful lot. And I think what you've just said is probably spot on when you called it a warm horror film. Because mm. it is, there's that really nice kind of familial feel to it. Because the family, the Freelings, they're 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 like they're, they're actually like a proper family. Yes, the guy's the best salesman in the area, so they've got a, a decent house. But they're just normal people who smoke weed and read uh, and read books about Ronald Reagan on their bed and mess around. And the kids are are all normal enough. It's it's not like some horror films where you know they've got a uh, a mansion for like a, a contemporary mansion and you can tell they're well off and it's like i can't relate to this it's like a relatable kind of horror film in the sense that it's set in the suburbs a family are normal the um the idea is very cool and the way they execute the concepts like get bringing in those uh the ghostbusters and little um tangina and uh, but basically making sure that it focuses more on the family I think family first and then horror or scares. And I think that's why this film succeeds for me at least. And I'm sure it will be the same for everyone because whilst there are scary moments, there's some night, there's some fun moments as well, but they don't ever lose sight of the fact that, you know, let's keep it about the family 
first. So that's why yeah. I think it's pretty damn good. Yeah, I especially liked um, Vin Diesel's part in this movie. Vin Diesel? Family. Yeah. I can't do family. his voice. Can you do it? I don't think anyone can. <laughs> no, I can't even remember what he sounds like now. Family. I've got, I've got family. <laughs> family. He's, he's, <laughs> such a, he's such a good actor with so much nuance that nobody can quite capture that quality. I, I drive a car, I've got family. No, I can't. I just can't. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. <laughs> next fast, like, it'll get I to the point Greek. where he just becomes a car. <laughs> That's where he's going. Here in it space, is. he's going to become like Optimus Prime. Um, right, DBP poltergeist we're here what we do for those who are new again thanks for sticking around uh is we just mm. basically talk about what we loved about this film and of course a few things that we thought maybe were a bit bum as well uh and then at the end we're going to play a game which we are testing out for the first time which has the potential to be excellent or it could fall flat on his face you'll find out first here bloggy poltergeist then you know what's what's one of the things that stands out for you as your favorite moments of this film um so I think some of my favourite moments is um, obviously the, the the constant playing on the tree outside of the window. Yeah. I thought that was that was fantastic. Um, and I, obviously, when the tree actually comes to life and turns into sort of like a whomping willow figure, I'm not <laughs> I'm not too you know. And I think I, I think that's where that's why I don't prefer this as much as the second one because mm-hmm. it. Every, all the build-up is just so fantastic with everything, but it's proper of the time, you know, and, the, and, and then they kind of take it too far. You kind of see too much. And yep. probably because I didn't watch it in 1982, I watched it, like, early noughties, late nineties. Mm-hmm. It was a bit like, oh. Um, <laughs> actually, but <laughs> I think, yeah, so I, li- I liked the tree, and I just, I, I loved the sort of that awfulness of, you know, the fact that she's calling for her mum and no one can find her. Oh. And she's, she, you know, and the fact that they can hear her and stuff and that there's other people with her as well. That's the, um, but the, the, the chairs, I love the chairs and the, you know, the moving across the floor. I especially like the bit when she's saying, you know, did you kind of get it? it pulls you and it pulls you through your chest and he's going, uh-huh. And she goes, do you want to try it? And he goes, no. And then the next scene, it just really <laughs> rapidly cuts and they're at the neighbor's house. Yes. It's <laughs> such a massive, like, smash cut. It's like, wow, where yeah, did that yeah, come from? You, you kind of think it's an accident and then you realise that he's just like, oh, hi, hi. Uh, okay. Obviously, I love the bit at the end where Craig T. Nelson loses his shit. Uh, well, just for you, time. just Just for you. No. The queen of horror. <laughs> you know, get your laughing gear around this. You son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You <laughs> son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! It's such a, it's a, it's a performance worthy of Nicolas Cage. It's the fact that he's like, why? Why? It's the bit of the end, why? <laughs> I love the bit because the way that Toby filmed that as well is that it's on a high angle. So you're looking over Craig yes. T. shoulder at this guy. And it, when he starts shouting like, why? You can see this guy just sort of like shrinking as if what? like he's... He's completely and utterly lost his mind. <laughs> like, part of me thinks comes out of nowhere. Part of me would love to think that that was just improv on yeah. the, in the moment. I don't think it was, but just the idea that the 
the boss is standing there, and then Craig T. Nelson just just like <laughs> legs it up to him, across the lawn, flopping yeah. and screaming in his face about yeah, son of a, he starts calling him a son of a bitch. They were, he didn't even realise they were filming the cameras. He started going like roughing them up a bit, but just the way he goes so over the, the top. Only moved the headstones. I don't understand what happened to his accent either. He just got get the move the bodies because I think actually it was. A- it was around about this time last year when it was Halloween and I, I watched Poltergeist yes. and I sent you that clip and yes. was like, we need to do this because that bit is just jokes. Like, and, and here we go. Why? Why? Ninja. Your son of a bitch, you left the bodies. <laughs> That's one of the best bits. That is one of the most remembered parts of this film, other than uh, Carol Ann saying the classic quote, they're here, which I'm sure we'll mention in a minute properly. But do you think this is like, people will remember this film because of that i think people remember it because of that and the clown because i and yeah. i watched i watched scary movie quite quite recently <laughs> and i didn't realize how much of this movie is parodied yeah. and they you know the, the clown um the herd sort of getting dragged along the ceiling which I, I thought that was the entity and it isn't until I rewatched Poltergeist that I was like, oh, of course, with the football jersey. Because that, that, that's one of it's the also really didn't not age one well. <laughs> Yeah, no, that didn't, no. Um, that was like, that was proper Spielberg just, you know, having a look. That bit was. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, sp- I suppose that, that's actually a really interesting point that it's also Nightmare on Elm Street because it is, isn't it? No, oh, yeah, it's... Um, oh, crap, this is... I've got to hand in the horror but, card. Yeah, but Poltergeist has completely nicked that. Um, yeah, I can't remember what the character's called. This is again, this is oh, sacred. <laughs> um, yeah, not quite. No, it's, it's, it's the girl. Who kitty, gets kitty, cha cha cha. Oh, I thought, I thought you, I thought you meant because of the football jersey, because he dies with the football jersey on. Uh, oh my right, god! So is this, is this, is this Toby being a little bit clever here? Then have we just discovered something? Toby being because a little bit got, naughty. Because Johnny Depp with his with his football jersey, he dies in his bedroom. That's it. And t- Tina, that's it. Tina. And Tina gets dragged along. Long... Yeah, yeah so... just sitting in a t-shirt and just her pants. Yes. Oh, so that's quite... I, well, I think that's on purpose Ooh. then. I don't think that would have... There's no way that would have been done by accident because when did Nightmare on Elm Street come out? Uh, oh, actually, that came... No, no. Nightmare on Elm Street was 84. So it came out afterwards. No, 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 no. That makes that makes even more sense because Wes Craven is a, a, a postmodern horror writer. So of course he would have referenced one of the you know one of the biggest horror movies of I'll the eighties, arguably. Um, yeah, no, it is. I, I I agree with that. Plus, with Steven Spielberg's power behind it, it would have been all eyes would have been on it. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was well received. I think this film was well received wow. when it came okay. out for the most part. <laughs> I bet this is bloody common knowledge. And I'm like, oh my God, we've discovered something. <laughs> and everyone else is like, Ugh. We've been out of the of game course. for a few months, guys. Now, you know, let us, <laughs> we, we, we're just getting rid of the rust here. <laughs> They're like, uh, 1990s called and they want their film Easter <laughs> eggs back. back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, that bit of the chairs, I, uh, I, re- I like that moment. Also for the fact that, no, as, a, as an overarching thing I like, is that the actual poltergeist itself, the ghoulie, it's not. It doesn't piss around. Like it, the fact that he plays ball is what makes this film fun. When mm. so, when the chairs move, you know, the, uh, the uh, Joe Beth Williams is there to see it, and Carol Ann, and then when they get um, Stephen, and they're like, "Yeah, stand here, watch this." And nowadays, you know, the chair's not going to move, and people are going to think she's gone mental. But no, the chair moves. 
you know, the, and, and he's there to see it. And then Carol Ann gets, you know, she gets goes flying across the floor as well. So quite early on in the film, it's established that, yeah, this is happening. Everybody can see it. And it's not one of those, oh, is she losing her mind? Is this all in her head kind of rubbish? No, everybody's in. So that means that mm. you then got an hour, hour and a half maybe to play with this concept. You're not building up to, oh, is it real? Oh, yeah, it, everything's happening. And now Toby Hooper and Spielberg and getting the gang can that, that, that they can build on that. Now we know that they know, they know it's happening. You know, let, let's give us some more fun and scares from that. I'm glad that they didn't just save that for the last, I don't know, 25 minutes and kind of cram it all in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a really good point that you've made just about the fact that it, it doesn't mess around. And I think one of the things that I found the most scary about Poltergeist isn't anything in particular. It's the way that Tangina talks about this this poltergeist and this entity and the way that um you know it's really got this these malevolent kind of intentions and when you then look back on how diane views the chairs and the dra- dragging carolan and dragging her and isn't this fun he's he's grooming everyone he's he's gaining the mother's trust and saying oh yeah you know because and i think this is because there's there's obviously a lot of political signposting um and this is not something that I know too much about, so mm. bear with me. But I mean, so he's reading a book about Reagan. They smoke yep. weed. Um, I think they're obviously they're, they're they're positioned as very liberal. And in Poltergeist Two, he makes a comment about you know, oh, why don't we just be like we used to be? You know, the freaky fieldings, and we can paint our Van Dago Dayglow colours. So he kind mm-hmm. of references again the fact that they are like sort of hippies, and they're a bit. You know, they're, they're, they're not, they don't really follow the status quo, but he's got a very sort of American corporate job. He is contributing to the economy and everything like that. And I see it as, and, he, and he's building up the suburbs as well. He's building up the, this kind of American dream, which is all built on, yep. you know, commercialism and spending and everything. But yeah, he's in that house that's an embodiment of, of progress and and the political landscape. And he's smoking weed and he's, you know, he thinks it's hilarious. Or he probably doesn't, but the wife thinks it's hilarious that there's some kind of freaky, spooky stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the, it's sort of got this weird skewed message of kind of like, you know, be bloody careful about, you know what side your bread is buttered on otherwise your kids might get sucked into the tv um that's that's exactly what i thought that last part mm. be careful about how your bread's buttered or else your kid's gone yeah and and also like you know if, you, if you're too liberal and you to, you know you're doing too much against what america wants you to do you've then also got this other side of america where you know the tv was coming into the home there was all sorts of things about how kids were going to get you know, going to get dumb because of it and the technology was going to ruin everything. And, you know, the TV has come into the house in the 80s and all of a sudden your kids have gone missing. You can't, you know, yep. and I do think that there, I can't fully grasp what I'm trying to say here. You might have, not, <laughs> might have noticed that, but there's, yeah, yeah. there's definitely some kind of political sort of social message Massively. being said about about their politics, about the suburbs, about technology, about TV, about the messages that you send into your children and just generally like dangers, which, um, and I think that plays on a lot of stuff that was going on in the 80s anyway, because it was quite a turbulent time, eh? Well, well, yeah, just look at the, I mean, the way I look at it is it's it's consumerism, you know, the, the American, the 80s, the Reagan years and how the United States was expanding and developing whilst hey look this is nothing new but also just 
ignoring and building upon you know what came before the indigenous burial ground which is what this at the end we find out that the that the new developments the new america was built upon the uh, and just disregards the legacy of what came before and kind of comes back to bite them in the arse somewhat uh, but can there's I, yeah, there, there is definitely it's, it's not it's not an ancient indian burial ground oh go on it is so a sorry it's it's just a normal burial. they they say like because that's one of the things so i it's a bit like you know uh it's not actually an apple in the garden of eden that eve takes it's a fruit it's one of those things where people have said it so often now that it's become like a thing but i'm so it glad you're here it's just a normal burial ground and actually that his boss says oh, it's not like we built it on a tribal burial ground or anything like that right so, i take all of that back however there is still the idea that you move so the cemetery right. but you didn't move the bodies and they just you're, built yeah. over it says that there's the arrogance of it all but i think you're right like i said with horror in the suburbs i think we said in our very first episode of halloween that the you know, horror in the suburbs just feels scarier uh there are mm. there, there are messages like you say about technology uh the exposure to to television for children there's an awful lot there and again playing into the kind of fears and hopes and dreams for some people of the reagan years in the 80s and this is a film at the beginning of the 80s i think in terms of horror it's one of the better ones in terms of grabbing that zeitgeist because the freelings yeah, in between they said like you say they're hippies they're just they're just easygoing people so it would seem who have just you know who have done well because steve has got this great job where he's a salesman uh, and it all builds from there and they've got you know the, the ideal family they've got you know three three kids a dead budgie uh, they're living <laughs> the dream and a tree that tries to eat them but yeah there is definitely more than meets the eye than just oh they were unlucky to move into that house which is another thing i think this film does well is you know that the entire street is is pretty plagued whilst this house seems to be the epicenter there are enough shots of you know the street the suburb and the street itself with the clouds coming above and the lightning going down and at the end when when the mum whose name is diane when diane is in this you know in the swimming pool at the end and ben the neighbor comes to save her you know comes to help her out you know the entire neighborhood is sort of in on this whether or not they're being targeted so i quite like that that it isn't just their house and everybody else is ignorant to what's going on yeah and you, you're right and because uh spoilers for part of guys too the um the way that they bring that on is that the underneath their house in cuesta verde which i think is where they live um is actually one of the mass graves underneath there was a bunch of settlers that, uh, like, uh, just like, you know, normal sort of colonial settlers or whatever, but they were mad religious. And they went, um, they went down there in search of like, you know, heaven or whatever. And this guy kind of locked them underground and they all died. And that's apparently why all the ghosts are there is because this, the, so you're, you're right in the sense of it, it's building on top of and then scrubbing over what came before. And I think that I'm just I'm just reading up on stuff which I probably should have done before I come on here and start talking about American politics. But um, <laughs> the whole like the new right is saying that you know it appealed to um, a diverse assortment of Americans, including evangelical Christians, anti-tax crusaders, advocates of deregulation, and smaller markets. Blah 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 blah. blah. So it's like it is sort of playing into and the fact that they've moved from 
probably from a major city into somewhere like Cuesta Verde, which is on the outskirts. And, you know, it is that kind of, um, you know, the, the, I, don't, I don't want to be somewhere that's overcrowded with pollution and crime. I don't really want to pay as much tax. I want to... So they've kind of gone here to grasp this life and then they're almost... It's like they're having their cake and eating it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and they're, you know, they're sort of a bit hippie-ish and a bit... And it's almost like they're being punished for wanting to live in a suburb but also smoke weed and have these really sort of liberal values with their children you know like the fact that the the builders are catcalling their daughter and she does like a little dance as if she's going to play along which i guess is what society would have expected her to do and then she flips them the bird and tells them to fuck off basically and her mum sort of smiles about it and finds it really funny whereas like a more um you know conservative family might have been like oh my goodness yeah i always found that scene odd again i don't know if it's just the more you watch it the more you understand what they were saying of that scene but i always thought when i first saw that scene that i was like really you know these 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 guys are just in your garden you're going to let them get away with this and you know they also work with with steve as well was this just happening but yeah the more now i watch it with like different eyes and i understand the message there that like you say it's not what you expect to happen uh, Dana, she, 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 she plays along. Then she stands up and is basically saying, you know, fuck you. I'm not going to let you get away with this. And, um, at the, at the same time, you've got Diane who's in the kitchen. Yeah. Kind of think almost like silently applauding a kind of like, yes, punch in the air that, you know, my, my daughter's out there now in the world. I know she can take care of herself in, uh, with all these gimps around. Um, especially if one of them just puts <laughs> his hand in the window and starts like eating eating the, the sandwiches. Yeah, he, he starts like t- tasting the the like, the pasta sauce, and then he put he, he eats it and he puts a spoon back in, which made me feel a little bit sick. He puts it back in the pot. So he's, yeah, just, he's like a Yogi Bear, isn't he? Can't yeah. leave any. Can't leave a pie on the side with a <laughs> builder around. Like, <laughs> mm. Ooh, <I've> got <laughs> it's like the, the cartoon where his nose is just like following the smell, and you've got that yeah, obvious smoke coming from the windscreen. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she calls him Bluto as well, which I thought was fun. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think yeah, I think it, and I, I, I probably as well. It's she's sort of like she's the new age, isn't she? But I think what that scene really represents is that that sort of mother's watchful eye you know it's that she's watching from the window she's still like she's kind of this present still and she's you know she's a good mum she she looks out for her kids I'm sure that she would have gone out and done something because I think she does react but then you know Dana's got it covered um and I think it's probably also that whole boys will be boys, even though she's clearly a schoolgirl. but yeah slightly (laughs) Spielberg and Topi if any 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 women that are listening from the UK, it used to happen all the time. It was the only place mm-hmm. that I would get my self esteem. If builders <laughs> cat calling me, like Jesus. you know, on my way to school, <laughs> it was just this massive cult, especially in the UK. This cultural flashpoint of kind of like it's perfectly acceptable for that to happen. Obviously, now it's not. Now it's not. Then, yeah, you'd kind of be like, yeah, I look good today, and, yeah, it, and that, that's how though. much it was kind of built into everyone. So it's good to see that that also happened in America. It's not just all us UK girls that. Are up. no it's not just the british <laughs> british yobbos and those type cat call they're trying to make that illegal now but i thought uh when i was watching it again the other day i noticed something which i hadn't noticed before as well and obviously when carol ann is in the vortex she's in this other dimension they're talking about you know go to the light go to the light and then don't go to the light but it's all about the light everything's attracted to the light 
And then in the real world, every time there's any kind of like real source of light, it's just getting nulled up by bugs. You know, the bugs are attracted to light. Like when the boss comes to the house and he, he leaves and the, the light is outside flashing and there's bugs everywhere. And he's like, oh, you're going to attract every fly in wherever it is they're based. And there's another scene like that as well, where there's just bugs everywhere when it comes to the light. So I thought that was quite a fun kind of um, real world comparison where you know, moths are attracted to the light. And then in the portal, the ghosts are attracted to the light as well. So I thought that was a, what I'm assuming is intentional. Uh, it seemed very, very intentional upon rewatch, but um, I liked, I like that. But what do you think about this? I get that this, the, the, the tone they were going for, but do you think there was a slight lack of panic to get Carol Ann back? I don't mean urgency, but you know, it, or maybe I'm just conditioned to seeing people got really flipping out in horror films, but everyone seemed very calm about it. In, even yeah, in the beginning, think, apart yeah. from when she was going missing. I mean, obviously that scene we'll mention is mental because so much goes on, but when that's when, when, when Carol Ann is sucked into the telly, and they've, they've looked in the closet and all that. It's kind of like the next day when they're sort of sitting there and it all seems very, I don't know, just kind of matter of fact. Yeah. So I think, yeah. And I think you're right. And I think that that, that is also to play on the fact that, you know, she, she's been so cool about all of this, you know, that the chairs moved and anyone else would completely, you know, run a mile, be like, oh my God, this is so bizarre. But they're, these kind of open-minded freaky deaky mm-hmm. people that have gone up in the world um not that open-minded freaky be like shouldn't go up in the world but you know that they're, they're now in a very light straight-laced sort of neighborhood yeah. and environment um and she's cool about it you know she's kind of just taking it all in her stride and she finds it quite entertaining and then when her child goes missing it's almost again like it's this sort of acceptance of the supernatural i guess where someone else would be totally flipping out she's kind of she just instantly accepts it and goes right okay um what what can we do i think they always sort of find it a bit kind of fun and i think mm-hmm. and, and again I'm, I'm taking this from from the second one because she does talk about it in the second one and says you know at first it was it was kind of exciting that, that yeah everything was a bit weird and then my daughter went missing and then it wasn't so fun anymore. Yeah. No. And it just caught me. Maybe, maybe it was more just to show that, you know, the family together is stronger apart from Dana who immediately fucks off. But um, again, it feels kind of in character with the teenagers. Like when the going gets tough, nah, I'm not, I don't fancy this, but maybe it was then to, to highlight that, but it just caught me this time throughout the film. There is, obviously the desire and need to get the to get caroline back there's some brilliant scenes um especially with joe beth williams uh where when kind of in the middle when she's communicating with joe beth uh, with um caroline sorry there are some great scenes um but it just kind of hit me and also at the end when you think that the poltergeist is gone and you know steve just goes back to work and they're like oh yeah it, the ghosts have gone now because we took our daughter back I know we have 20 minutes or 10, 15 minutes left, but I always thought that was a bit odd as well, where they were just like, yeah, that is obviously it now. But uh, it was obviously played for that final act reveal that, you know, just shit's going to go down now. But um, yeah, the lack of urgency always kind of irked me and it doesn't bother me as much now, but I thought I'd throw it in there alongside the fact that I think Robbie is a pain in the arse. Oh God, yeah, Robbie. The way that he screams, I would just, I would sacrifice him to the ghosts. I was hoping the tree ate him. Yeah, 
Or the clown, either one. Or the clown, yeah. 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 He, gets, he gets all the shit, doesn't he? I mean, I know that Carol Ann's like stuck in some kind of limbo with like I mean, basically She the literally devil. gets taken by ghosts. <laughs> yeah, but they quite like her. Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like they're being nice to her. Whereas with Robbie, they're just like, fuck you, Robbie. <laughs> Mid-child. <laughs> That's what you should as well. <laughs> yeah. he, he's, I don't know what it is. There's something about him. I just, he's, uh, maybe it's just the acting as well. I didn't like Robbie throughout oh, this no. film. But the other kids, everybody else though is fine. Just Robbie. Just, just Robbie. Just Robbie. You, you mentioned something earlier about light and dark, and it's made me think as well. Um, did you notice that everyone else in the family has brown hair apart from Carol Ann? Who is, she is oh. the light, isn't she? Have you, have you noticed yeah. that? No, not now. Now I have literally this second. Now that you've told me, I hadn't thought about that. I don't know who she's. The milkman's. I don't know who she is. <laughs> yeah. But she... <laughs> maybe that's the bigger <laughs> question here. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's why. Quite crazy. Now, when he was shouting, "Why, why?" He wasn't. He was just projecting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> you son of a bitch! You <laughs> took the wrong daughter. <laughs> you moved the, the bodies. It's <laughs> 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 a wrong film. Oh my god! Were they looking for Bugenhagen that whole time? In that sense, <laughs> who's actually in Cuesta Verde right now? Yeah, living it up uh, with Ja Rule, oh. <laughs> Carol Ann. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they're here. Um, yeah, no, talk that about was, that. That was, that was it. That was it. That was it. Really, it was just the because the, they mentioned that she is their life. They're attracted to her life force, and I was just reading that. Um, I think Spielberg kind of addresses the fact that there's no one else in the neighbourhood gets haunted apart from this lot. And apparently it's because Carol Ann was born at Cuesta Verde. Yep. Yep. So she's kind of like, and in the second one, they call her the, the creepy guy beast thing. He always says, we want the angel. And they say right. like they're, f- they're feeding like off of her life force because she's just so pure and lovely, basically. Okay, so it's a lot more uh, unsubtle in the sequel then. Oh, yeah, in the sequel they're properly like, oh, she's like just the most gorgeous, beautiful thing ever. And Damn, I have a life force out of her body. I'm sure I've seen the sequel because I know how much you dig it, but now the more I think about it, I don't recall any of it. Oh my god, yes, the, I'll sing you a song till your mama comes back. It's the creepiest fucking guy. And, you know, unsurprisingly, he was one of the people that, because, you know, it had all suspicious deaths and that, didn't it? The poltergeist <clears throat> curse, yes. Yeah, and the guy from the second one, it's like people are like, did you know that he died? It's like, yes, like, you, <laughs> he looks like he's going to fucking die. Like, no. <laughs> oh, that guy, so- yeah. Yeah, with the mat, with the, his mouth is—he looks like the mouth of Sauron, but IRL. He looks absolutely. I have a token. I was bitten to Shaldi. He, he looks, looks like absolutely one of the terrifying. reanimated corpse at the end of this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks like he's just going to rise out from under the pool. He's um, <laughs> he's absolutely terrifying because when you see pictures of him, um, like at the premieres and stuff, you can see that they really didn't—they didn't do a lot to this guy. Like he is a terrifying looking bloke, oh. and he. He walks around singing this God is in his holy temple and it's like the scariest song and he's just got this massive mouth and he's like, hello, you last sweetheart. It's like, oh my God. True for dare face. We need to do Portalgeist too, mate, I think. I think we're going to have to. I was about to say, is it? You need to watch it. 
is it more like straight up horror then and less kind of camp yeah it's yeah, it's proper kind of like evil dead you've got the you know, old school makeup you've got uh animatronics there's like and it, it <laughs> but it kind of reinforces the whole like family message and there's so yep. much going on um and there's also like an additional so there's two tanginas basically so it's a bit like with frozen how they were like one side character isn't enough we have to make two <laughs> like make more okay um, so tangina in herself is enough to steal the scenes that she's in um, yeah and then to, and then to give two there's someone else as well uh, that sort of comes on her behalf for a bit so to speak uh, <laughs> <wait>. um, <laughs> um, jesus all right so anyway we're not talking about poltergeist 2 right now elizabeth shut up um, rain yourself back in right back in your box um yes i agree i can't remember what we were even talking about Yeah, good i'm glad you do um well, give us something, give us something else then about Poltergeist as one of your favourite horror films. Um, I know there's classic moments you haven't mentioned, but anything else that's going to jump to mind before we get to the the bigger moments in this film that we all know? I don't know, Matt. I think I just took all the air out of the room there, so you you crack on. <laughs> you t- <laughs> yeah, you're with your with, with your laugh for minute synopsis of Poltergeist too. Oh, I just I just popped off there. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, Carry you're quite on, right. Matt. I've got Carry one note on. here. It says classic bloggy moment, and it's the moment where um, Diane is just about to chuck a dead budgie down the bog. Um, that to me, I was like, that's proper Elizabeth. That is, but it, Mr. Tweety is going to be. Uh, flushed and then Carol Ann sees and we get the they're quite a nice little moment where the bird is then put into a box and he's given um, like a little bit of licorice for when he's hungry uh, a little picture of the family and a little bit of cloth for when it's bedtime and uh, I thought that's a really nice scene and even though this film isn't slow about getting to where it wants to be it still allows those kind of family moments where I know shortly after Carol Ann's like, can we get a goldfish? And just completely gets out on with it. But that little moment I thought was a really sweet moment between mother and daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And also it again, reinforces the really laid back nature of this, you know, the, the, the budgie dies and she walks up to it and goes, Oh shit, Tweety, you couldn't have waited for a school day. Yes. You know, it's, that, it's that kind of, they're so down to earth. And so, well, they're just so Spielberg, aren't they? It really yes. shows that he, he wrote this and even their neighbors, you know, doesn't he, he drops his, uh, like, I don't know how many beers is in that pack. It's like a 16 pack of beers yes. isn't it? and they're all, they're all spraying everywhere. And he's trying to come in the house and then you've got Dana in the kitchen, you know, just munching on some toast and she casually lets him in. And then the neighbors remote works on their TV. Yes. And it's, you know, it's just all this, this really, really not. And then all of a sudden it turns on a dime and it's scary, but then you've got the, Oh shit, you know, couldn't you have waited till the weekend or, you know, <laughs> she she's getting dragged across the floor and before she does she goes, oh, "I want pepperoni pizza." That's it. We've got a pizza hut or whatever it is she says. Yeah. You'd no, you would right. have been there in a flash. You'd have been like, I would have pizza? been there. <laughs> been, but, pizza ooh, the hut. I, I would have been like <laughs> I would have been like Bluto following my nose and floating <laughs> through the window of Pizza Hut. My pepperoni pizza. Um, at one point, I kids call it Pizza's Trevor. Pizza's going to take out for you. <laughs> at God. one point, the kids call each other big bath bags. And I think one of them calls the other one a doggy bag, which could be one of the worst insults I've 
I've ever heard. <laughs> What's wrong with a doggy bag? They're delicious. <laughs> well, they are delicious, but it's not a very good insult, is it? Um, Do you know what? I, get- I, I, uh, I knew someone at school. Uh, she wasn't the brightest crayon in the box, bless her heart. But she said, uh, I can't get doggy bags at restaurants because my dog died. <laughs> <laughs> And this this wasn't what like pri- this wasn't this wasn't primary school. This was like GCSE A levels, and we all just sort of looked like we used to call her Foxface. Actually, so shout out to Foxface if you listen. Shout out Foxface. Go and get yourself a doggy bag. Go and indulge Go in those in all those years missed. We called her Foxface because she looked cute. By the way, it wasn't like a oh, fucking hell Foxface over it. <laughs> she didn't have a lot of pointed face, and you took the mickey out of her. But the doggy no, bag just... thing is enough to live on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's so, embarrassing. Yeah. It but, is. Uh, in a nice way thank you for giving us another uh, anecdote on death by pod old fox face uh, shout, <laughs> out, shout out to you and your dog no you were saying about the the, the family and the the sort of the insults as terms of endearment yeah no it's just it's just nice moments where we get to see what a real family is like where it's the f- <laughs> mum and dad are doing God. stuff and they're just being stupid to each other just calling each other stupid names spilling milk on each other and lying about it and um, stuff like that. You know, I, I like that kind those kind of moments where you, I've said it. I feel like some horror films do it well, some don't do it well, some just don't do it at all and expect to uh, to skiv by on it. But we get time to see what this family is like. So when the shit hits the fan, other than Robbie, we actually care about them. You sounded like an orphan. You were like, orphan? we get to see what a real family looks <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, come with us and see what a real American oh, family God. looks like. And then go back to the orphanage. Yeah, um, it wasn't meant to be like that. It's like Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Annie or Uh, Esther. That's it. We did that. We've done our orphan episode. Orphan, yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. It was an awfully long time ago. That's a stretch. Um, Fuck me, mate. That was bad. Again, we've been a while. We're getting back into it. Yeah, yeah, we're getting back into it. Um, I, uh, I, I don't have any more major sort of scenes to. I mean, if anything, I've got a couple of things that I thought weren't very good, but. Oh, but actually, I, I liked the whole rebirth at the end with the mum and Carol Ann sort of coming out of the fetal position, covered in like bits of womb and placenta. Goo, yeah. and get put in the bath, and then there's, you know, they sort of fizz in the bath. <laughs> they do they, fizz. Yeah, they do. I don't really know why. <laughs> it's like there's a lot, there's a lot of bicarb in the uh, other world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I like it when the, the Ghostbusters, they're like. We'll leave you to it and just close the door and we get a nice yeah. family moment. We don't get anything, anything stupid or any kind of one-liners from them. No, yeah, they just sort of leave it. And it, it, I'm not, actually, do you know what? I'm not even going to talk about Partner Guys 2. We'll just leave it there. See, I'm well learning. Done. You're doing I'm so well. I'm learning to regulate my you thoughts. We'll, we'll talk Partner Guys 2 and then you'll be like, oh, in Partner Guys 3, the final chapter, how this plays <laughs> out is like this. Yeah, the tree I, comes back. I thankfully haven't watched it. I've heard nothing but uh, <laughs> less things. than average things about it. They yeah. didn't even invite the character of Robbie back, so not worth watching. Maybe he did oh, get eaten by the tree. Maybe the tree MVP. did gobble him up. Um, oh, I've got notes. I've got notes that um, the bed sheets in the Freeling's parents' room look a bit mucky. I bet <gasps> Steve leaves chest hair all over the sheets. Um, when mum and dad were getting a bit freaky and Robbie comes in, I'm glad dad didn't have a raging lob on. These are all my notes. Um, and then he quickly tucks the kids back in so we can get back to what he was getting on with. And then we get the fun quick cut of the kids back in the parents' bed, which I thought was very fun. Um, another one I wanted to chuck in was the, when we get the parapsychologist turning up, 
Uh, I think I like those characters, Dr. Lesh, Robbie, Marty. I think they're pretty cool. Not Robbie, um, Ryan. I think they're cool characters. But there's a scene where Dr. Lesh is explaining like, death and the light to Robbie. I thought that was a really cool kind of monologue where she just sits down a quiet moment in the film where you know an actor gets to just project and say some really cool dialogue and Robbie yeah. is, is not nauseating nauseating in this scene. Um, and, and it ends with him kind of saying good night to Carol Ann whilst looking at the TV. And there are moments, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or if it's because I'm a governor or what, but there are certain moments like that and certain moments in this film, which really did hit in the feels. Um, especially when Carol Ann's shouting up, you know, hello daddy through the TV and things like that. There's, there's great moments like that, which I don't know, but maybe they're, they're, they're emotional enough as it is, but they just hit differently. Uh, but that scene where uh, Dr. Lesh is talking about death, I think that's really well written and really well acted. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm going to throw in there before we get to the, the big boys. Oh, you would just reminded me of also the bit where she's talking to Diane and they have a little nip together and talk about just, you know, how, how terrified she is. Yes. Um, so she's shaking, isn't she? Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, well, she could, because she she says like you, you were shaking and blah 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 and she gives her a little bit of like whiskey or whatever and she just talks about just stuff but I I always thought the way that um, Toby lit her in that scene was like the the lighting because it was really kind of old school Hollywood um, and she's kind of got you know all the the light coming into her eyes so she looks quite dreamy and I just thought it was really cool it's a really cool just little bit. Um, where it changes the tone of the movie and gives you that warmth and that familiarity. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking up Beatrice straight now because it's possible that she was in. That's why they did it. Oh yeah, she's an old. She's like an old fifties classic actress. Hollywood style. And Jerry Goldsmith's score really helps a lot as well with that. Yeah, well, she's scoring this TV is really nice. Actor. Oh, she. Well, she did it right. Uh, she, she, I thought she was. I thought she was really decent in this film because, again, it could have been played either too straight or not straight enough. But I think she, uh, she gets kind of like the tone. She gets the levity. She knows what she's doing when she has those kind of cool monologues. She's, to use your word, she's got kind of warm, affectionate um, mm. affections about about her. But at the same time, she's also kind of got like a bit of cheekiness to her, where she's having a little swig of uh, whiskey on the job, and the, like she's kind of like she's she's seen things before, but never anything like this. Which is what they say. They even that one of the guys, Ryan's like, "Hey, look, we we captured a, a car going across the floor. It took seven hours, but uh, you know that was wild, basically." And and Steve's like, "Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> Here you go." And everything in the room is just floating around and going mental, which is um. A, a horror trope when it comes to possessions, ghosts, and poltergeists is just everything floating in the room. But I don't really know how else yeah. you can show that there's something in there. I mean, I think I just I liked her and uh, Diane's just relationship. I mean, and if I'm looking at a picture of both of them now, they've both got exactly the same hair. They've both got the same colours on, mm-hmm. um, and I just I think I like that kind of. This is a very female centred movie, mm-hmm. really. Um, you know, because the, the, you know the, the main character, Carol Ann, has has gone. You know, and that's that's a child. And then you've got a woman of a woman in science, like a woman of science and, and education and everything else. And then you've got this other woman who's gone for the sort of suburban picket fence, but is open minded. And I feel like just the 
the connection between all of them is um really powerful and really maternal especially you know seeing as this this demon or this poltergeist or whatever seems hell-bent on you know taking children yeah Um, so I think, and there there is obviously a strong sense of the mother in this, and the fact that the mum is the Diane is the anchor. It's it's Diane that she she's listening to and calling out for most of the time. Um, yeah, and they they appeal to Steve when 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 they need to uh, have Caroline kind of released from the hold that these portal guys have got on her. That's when Tangina says, you know, which one of you you know tells them off basically, and it's and it's Steve, and he and she's like, right. We need you. You basically need to shout at your daughter now in order to um, kind of snap her out of where she is, so she can get to the light. But there is a, I suppose, getting into the the major kind of moments. There's a really, really nice scene in 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 this where um, she's, you know, she's in the. Obviously, she's gone. Caroline's gone, and we hear her saying, "Mummy, where are you? I can't find you. I'm afraid of the light and stuffs falling from the ceiling." And then she says, you know, quite, it's again, it's really sad. Mum, mummy, there's somebody here. And of course, um, Diane, Steve, they can't do anything. They can just hear this. But then that the spirit or the presence of Caroline moves through Diane and she feels her. She she, she went through my soul. And the way she kind of holds on to that feeling and being able to smell her on her scarf and that, that really kind of perfectly encapsulates for me just what you've said about that kind of maternal um, feeling over the entire entirety of this film. Yeah. And I think they, you know, they, they, they talk a lot about, you know, life and death and light and dark and don't go, go to the light, you know, and that's always, that's a bit come to the light boy, you know, like on the Simpsons, <laughs> 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 um, you know, and it, it is that, that, that you, you assume that going to the light is going to heaven or, yeah. you know, going to, but actually, in this film, the light is deceptive. It's and again, it's the, that's the thing. It, it it's grooming her, um, and sort of pretending to be something, pretending to be friendly, pretending to be this, and it's actually not. A lot like Steve Jobs, um, not Steve Jobs. Steve yeah, yeah, Jobs. Yeah. I, um, it did take me a second. Yeah, <laughs> much like ex Apple owner Steve Jobs. Much like Steve Jobs, what a bastard. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, he, his, his, his boss and his job, you know, they, I'm assuming the only reason that they're in this lovely great big house is because the company's kind of paying for it because I still get the impression that they're on the breadline. You know, they, literally the house turns against them. Yes. You know, and it's, it's that and that's, and that's where you live your life, you know. So it's the, and then you've got the rebirth scene and you've got everything else. So there's, there's an awful lot going on in this movie about life and death and birth as with every horror i mean I'm, mm-hmm. I'm amazed that there isn't a mental health angle but unfortunately there isn't yeah it's a good point mm. so yeah, there, no, that armed up. <laughs> i can't remember if they, i'm not going to mention the pre with the remake just yet but i don't know if they go into that in that they might do but i, gen- I genuinely they probably do because they saw it in the remake isn't it like oh my god my tablet is talking to me yeah oh my god they've, they've my nintendo it. switch it's like yeah. a <laughs> off, my ds yeah they've, they've updated <laughs> it and it's means a bit, it's a bit oh my bummed, god bit my blockbuster video card <laughs> hey leave that out of here okay i ain't having that kind of slur against blockbuster video um i used to go there and look at the vhs poltergeist, poltergeist honest, VHS. Blockbuster, blockbuster references are so old now they may as well be haunted oh god oh, 
come on. I, I was talking, <laughs> fuck me, I was talking about a blockbuster yesterday at the pub as well. Because, oh no, well, I ain't going into that, but I was talking about old British, well, it's not old, uh, cornerstones old. of the high street. It is, it's old. Um, uh, I like the. I wasn't there. <laughs> Piss off, you, you young'uns. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a slamming time. It was, <laughs> it was proper banging. Um, actually, pitchy. the only good thing about Robbie, other than the fact that he's a little gimp, is he, he likes Star Wars. He's got like a Chewbacca coat, he's got Star Wars posters, he's got Alien poster on the wall. That is enough to redeem him somewhat, but other than that, that I did it, wish to treat him. That makes it sadder. That actually makes it sadder, because he's clearly getting bullied at school, and then he's yeah, getting that home, time he's he bullied been, yes. by a fucking ghost. <laughs> and a tree as well, the tree tries to yeah, eat and him. and a tree, and his toys, and, and his the storm. don't care about him. And the clown. Like, oh my god. In fact, he had, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I think he's a tragic character because he he's really just got is. nothing. Uh, he's got nothing. <laughs> he is nothing. And even when, when the guy gets a bite, uh, one of the guys who tries to go in the room gets a bite, he's just like, wow, almost as if I wish that had happened to me to give me some kind of purpose and reason to be here. But no. Yeah, because then people might have paid me any kind of semblance of attention, but literally, <laughs> like, he he comes out of the room when they when Caroline goes missing and he's covered in like ghost poo Crap, or whatever yeah. the fuck he is. It's yeah. mud, isn't it? Yeah, and then, it's ghost poo. Um, ghost poo. <laughs> and no one no one cares. Everyone's just looking looking for Caroline. No one goes up to him and goes, "Are you You're okay, okay mate. Yeah. No. It's just like, "Nah, you'll be right, mate." You're going. Here's you'll a toothbrush. Right. Go and clean yourself off. Go on. That's it. It's pretty much just sod off. This is, this is this is why you know. This is what I'm saying. I think it's very female focused because no one gives a shit. The people give more of a shit about um, Dana, who's never there. Um, yeah. And, and obviously, then there's Doctor Lesh, but then the other two and Tangina. No, yeah. No one really gives a shit about them either. So yeah. No. S- Steve's just a screaming, gurning idiot by the end of it, and Robbie. <laughs> well, he's just. We might as well be transparent. He's just not even there. But he's yeah, no. In Tangina, to, and one of the guys, Marty, who's one of the parapsychologists, he sods off. He can't take it anymore. They make a Doctor Lesh says that she's like Marty's not coming back. But yeah, I will doesn't, do. He doesn't, doesn't he have a vision of, of himself steak. sort of ripping his own face Yeah, off? yeah. He sees the steak moving that... across the kitchen top and he's got a chicken leg in his mouth. It's He drops it. It's got maggots on it. Then he goes into the bathroom and kind of hallucinates that he's tearing his face off. So should we actually, on that note, should we start talking about the things that perhaps didn't go so well? Because I think that's um, one of them. <laughs> that, is, that is massively one of them, I guess. Shout out, obviously, to the major moment of the film, what we all know and love there. Here. Really early on in the film, it, it took me by surprise each time how early that is. Um, but the film isn't, isn't like I say, isn't slow in getting where it needs to be. Um, Tangina turning up is a great turning point for the film. It kind of adds that supernatural clairvoyance to what's happening. Um, and, yeah, in terms of the major moments, I think that's the majority of them for me unless we mention any more later but yeah let's talk about the stuff that we didn't like starting with that effect dem effects on the guy's face well i think just dem effects in general and i think i feel cheap sort of ragging on dem effects because of <laughs> yeah. when it was made and um i think that i think they did what they could you know but i that that bit especially um it looked you know like on terminator where he's like fuck you at all and yes. it's like taking his face off it's clearly it's, not his face yeah, it's very much, and it's um, oh god, it uh, yeah, and it's also like bloody uh, Indiana Jones when he drinks from the false grail, and he's like, yes. "It shows poorly." You're like, yes. "Who the fuck is this guy, man?" Knew you'd come. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Ah, uh, 
this film made that, it at like, a ten million dollar budget back then, which I don't know what inflation is, but that isn't. I don't think I don't think it was much back then. I don't. I want to say probably a fairly decent sized budget, but I don't know how huge it was. Uh, but obviously, didn't go on those no effects. Concept of money. I have literally no concept of money. Ten million sounds like a lot, but I'm sure in film terms, it's just not, is it? I, and I should early eighties. I don't know. I should know because I've studied film, but all of that, I just it went woo. <laughs> I went oh number numbers. All gone. No. <laughs> I, I am interested to see what that is because um, a ten like ten million now for a film is very much it's an, it's an independent. Um, film which sounds bonkers you can get, get, get given 10 million quid and it's and it's nothing but uh, I'm, I'm going to find out right now I've I've literally got an inflation ca- um, calculator what was it ten, just just call it 10 million because I don't want to is should you well I mean is is now a good time to look at how much it is with inflation is that no, can't no. be in like a cost of living economy we are but it but we are but the inflation back then has risen by 206.9 percent uh since then 30 million dollar budget now so it is still would be classed as a low budget flick okay i mean but to be fair wasn't texas chainsaw um extremely low budget extremely low budget load of profit didn't but, it? yeah it did i mean this made a huge well, profit as well yeah okay so that's yeah I, but it's more about the how much money they had to get these effects going because i guess the the visual effects of like the ghosties and that that probably would have taken a massive chunk out of the budget yeah i mean i'm i'm wondering whether this film i'm not going to talk about the budget anymore i'm going to go back to matey ripping his face off <laughs> and that that's kind of become a bit of a trope i mean when you think about um you know so, so the, the 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 sort of the paranormal it's always a woman and two guys right so you've got a uh, tucker and specs and elise uh <laughs> from insidious you've yep. got uh those two other shit clowns from the don't people come in in the conjuring as well um yes they, yeah in, i don't know what then i've got no idea what the names are but yeah they're i think they're kind of played for humor as well was that or was to, no tucker and specs and elise is insidious, tucker and specs is insidious that's right yeah but there they is going to the further oh. uh, uh, in um, the conjuring one of them maybe the second one or one of them they do have help and it's this it's cack yeah so there's there's obviously that trait but then as well oh in the, the the conjuring you've got the uh you've got james one you've got the police guy who doesn't believe in anything and then you've got oh ed and the rain so you've kind of got the, the woman's been split into two if you like but it's always a woman and two guys mm-hmm. the entity it was very similar you've got the the woman and the and the two guys um but the trope that i think it sort of creates is that one of those two guys usually goes off by themselves and something terrible happens to them but That's then they come point. back it, it it happens in every single one of them doesn't it if you think about um insidious doesn't he so there's a couple of bits where he's using his stupid bloody flicky <laughs> thing is the his shark attack game that he's converted to mm. be like a kaleidoscope and he sees the kids in the hallway and he freaks yes. out and the conjuring you've got the police officer that's like a bit of a non-believer gas that woman run at him which always makes me pants myself <laughs> look at what you made me do and you're like God, what else actually freaked me out? So I'm in a really dark house at the moment. <laughs> I'm not joking. 
I thought you were going into Tom's diner there. I was like, what's scary about that? It's a very specific what she made me do. Yeah, it's a very specific, if it was going to be Tom's diner, but sadly it wasn't. I'm standing in a bathroom and I'm ripping my whole face off. Chicken meat, chicken meat. It's clearly raw chicken. Can we just stop the whole podcast and redo Tom's Diner horror style? Yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> Tobe's Diner. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can get some lyrics going by the next episode, we will serenade you all with Tobe's Diner. Tobe's Diner. Yep. Uh, I can't even, yeah, there's a, there's a trope. I'm sure this film made it. But the, the other trope that it doesn't do is, you know, the whole, we've put all of our money into this house. We, yeah, it's, it's good show. It's more that the, the trope of that they can't leave is because he fucking lives there with his boss, basically. Like he Pretty works much. there. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, also, another another trope that they do actually manage to get around is nobody dies. We know nobody mm. dies in this film, apart from obviously the budgie and maybe the goldfish. No, you know, none of the main characters die. Even the supporting characters, like his boss, you know, nobody nobody kicks a bucket, and I think that's quite um that's a bit of a a u-turn from what i'm again i'm what i'm used to from a horror film i'm kind of used to expecting that someone's gonna die at least and yeah, i don't, not, I don't not, think anyone not even, does not even e-buzz the dog he makes yeah, it out the dog makes it out and that's saying something he, that's brilliant like, we I love, see him I to start with that. no I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm here for dog supremacy and he he leads us into the film i love how they don't even bother they introduce the characters obviously but it's done to start with by the dog just walking yeah. in, and we're like, okay, there's a mum and dad. Okay, there's a uh, brother, older sister, little girl. Okay, that's there, there's the family, and that's how we meet the family because of the the good boy. Yeah, and that I think again, that just it makes it relatable because it, it it lulls you into a false sense of yeah, you because know, it's it's very Burton esque this this place. You know, it, everyone's sort of milling about. People are washing their cars. People are kids are on the street. Everyone's yay, happy, 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 happy. And then all of a sudden, you know, ghosts. Where the fuck did that come <laughs> Listen, from? You know, you, 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 you wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, like you, you're watching this, and it's basically like watching Neighbours or something. You've got Harold Bishop, you know, and Madge kick, kicking about. Yeah, it's all very happy, and then all of a sudden, it just stops being happy quite quickly. Um, but even, yeah, in, no, no, even no when it stops, died. it still is quite nice at certain points like when they're with with dr lesh and diane and kind of there's moments in between where it kind of it it retains some of that levity which i think is lost in a lot of modern horror and this isn't a bash on modern horror because i love some of it most of it but like this film it didn't i love the fact they didn't go too too far into it's just a straight up horror or it's a horror comedy it's it, it straddles that line. I think this film's quite a good in as well, an entry point for maybe younger horror fans or new horror fans, potentially that, you know, this is what horror can be. It's not just blood, guts and gore. It can be a, a little bit more than that. And you can sometimes have a bit of fun with it whilst being creeped out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, the fact that it's, pro- it's probably quite good for, for Toby as well, because, because he did a video nasty and everyone's kind of like, oh, you know, Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre, terrifying, you know, but then you, you combine him with Spielberg and there are definitely shots, you know, uh, establishing shots of the house that are so exorcist-esque. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's, that's why I love this, because you've got an old school horror director, like coming at it proper, like just, you know, 
spitting grains all over everything and being really gritty and being you know doing it like you know when when he shouts at his boss the over the shoulder shot it's fantastic yeah. because you, you know there's there's lots of shots like that and the, the the tracking the fact that you follow the dog very very similar to the phantom ride in evil dead you know where yes. you're kind of following um you know you, the spook, you're, yeah. You're, yeah you're following something spooky into the house where actually in this you're following a dog a family dog what's, the what's, pet what's yeah what's so scary about a dog you know but it, it serves the same purpose and it's the same trope and i think that's where it's wonderful because spielberg brings all that warmth and all that you know that sort of action action adventure kind of peril where it's a little bit fun it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but then you've still got actually you know just like the tree and stuff that if it wasn't for how that was shot and directed it, you know t- a tree tapping on the window that's such a common thing now isn't it like but he kind of makes it scary for a bit so yeah, they they try to cover up a lot of it with strobe lights and dark and um, lightning, so they can try and cover up some of the drawbacks from having that, a an animated an animatronic tree. Sorry, but for the most part, it doesn't look too bad. Like when he's getting gobbled up, it doesn't actually look that bad. I think it's just the absurdity of it. And oh yeah, well again, Evil Dead. Evil, evil Dead. Yeah, see how much of that film was just absolutely bonk. We covered that film. Go check it out. Well, yeah, you're right. Um, and but the and then stuff like the clown, like old Toho. He gets his PG horror moments with the clown. They set it up at the beginning that um, Robbie doesn't like the clown. He covers its face up. You, so at some point you're expecting this to you know, come back full circle and the clown's going to get him. And we get that great sequence where he he throws the coat towards the clown. It doesn't quite make it. So he goes to hide under the covers. The clown's gone. He looked under the bed. He's not under the bed where you expect it to be. And then, of course... It's behind him. It wraps his mm. hands around him, drags him under the bed. So we get that kind of cliche horror sequence that I think Toby Hooper was just desperate to try and get in there somewhere. And I do think the rating of this film holds him back. But it is, like you said, quite cool to see him go from a video nasty to pulling it back a little bit and giving us a, I wouldn't call it family friendly, but a, a slightly less gritty horror film. Yeah, yeah, and I, don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I do, are there any sort of nods to Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Because it's been a long time since I've I, seen that. But that's, the clown is definitely Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I didn't see. I couldn't think of any from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, unless anyone listening can can tell us. I'm trying to think now. I mean, it um, is the it does. Oh, I just remember Texas Chainsaw Massacre just being like really dark. So I don't know whether dirty. you know, sort of running, uh, being in the pool with all the bodies coming out. That is the most kind of yeah gr- grimy this film gets because texas Chainsaw massacre is- it makes me feel dirty watching it because it's just so sweaty yeah but again that that that's that's evil dead you know that the, the bit with the bodies coming out and you know being covered in dirt and everything that's that smacks of raimi but i yeah, yeah i think that that's the, the duality of this film in that in that respect is is fantastic and i think it's there's such an unlikely pairing that it just works you know mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I think it's a dream, like I said up top, for me, it's almost like a dream pairing at the time uh, with the guy who did Jaws, the guy who's just given us E.T. and stuff like that, uh, who's and now working with somebody like Toby Hooper and their sensibilities, can they come together, can they mesh, and if they do, what do we get out of it? And we get Poltergeist, which is, I mean, to be fair, Jaws was also a PG, so the rating isn't necessarily the be-all and end-all like it is now, but... Uh, I think this film was very successful in in meshing their styles, in 
focusing on the family, giving us some of those chills. Are some of the effects dated? Absolutely. Of course they are. But that's not just a poltergeist issue. That's that's a 1980s film issue or a 1970s whatever film issue. And it's a budgetary issue. But does it, I always look at it and think, do those effects ruin the film for me? Does it take me out so much that I can't enjoy it? And no, it doesn't. I enjoy Poltergeist regardless of the guy, the guy's like rubber face or, or they got all the overuse of strobe lighting behind doors. It doesn't bother me because I think this film is imminently uh, fun. It's extremely fun to watch. It's very re- rewatchable. I find new stuff every time I watch it. And horror doesn't always need to be heavy. As much as I love a heavy kind of like scary atmospheric horror as much as anyone else, it doesn't always need to be that. And that's the best part about genre, uh, this genre is that there's so many subgenres that branch out from it. And Poltergeist, it doesn't fit really in any perfectly well, but it fits in so many. It is horror. It is a horror comedy. It is almost like a family drama at points as well. It does it all very well. Plus it's got Tangina in it as well, who had the potential to be a really weird character that just doesn't fit in the film. But the way they integrate her and give her the speeches and the monologues really, really works well. And okay, we've mentioned Robbie's a bit of a gimp, but that aside, I think everybody in this film is uh, is well rounded, well uh, well acted, well performed, and I, I I do kind of feel, feel like I want to watch the second and third one now just to see how these story unfold. But um, you mentioned the Poltergeist curse. I think it would be remiss of us not to mention. Uh, obviously the fact that two of the actors in this film did sadly pass away one very very soon after the film was released and obviously heather o'rourke rourke six years later and uh she 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 had died from cardiac arrest and complications and i believe her part in the third film had to be kind of rewritten around but that is obviously the one it lends this film and probably the second one that kind of air of like tragedy and sadness uh knowing that and obviously with dominique dunn in an awful 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 circumstance she was murdered by her ex-boyfriend simply for being in a relationship with the wrong person which kind of jumping off what you were saying earlier on you know this this happens here's an example of it, it you know it's and it's not something which has ever gone away but it does lend a kind of air of sadness to this film i think when when you watch it knowing that two of the two of these very good young actresses weren't long of the world afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, that, that is really sad. And I, 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 I find it difficult when people, when these things sort of happen because they did it with the ring too as well. And it's, um, obviously these people did die and it's, you know, it's known as the the poltergeist curse because Mm then, um, people in poltergeist two then also died. But yeah, I do also feel a bit like the marketing teams for these films did play on that yeah. to make them scarier, which, you know, it's Hollywood. Thus, people are always a bit like how everyone's playing on the fact that the Queen has died at the moment, you know, and it's yeah. just sort of a, a lot of it's PR spin and that's fair enough. But they did it with The Ring too, where they said, like, mm-hmm. oh, did you know that the set just kept flooding? And it's like someone fucking flooded the set to shoot yep. you all up so you do a better job so the marketing team could take a picture of it. Yep. And I mean, it's a horror trope in itself, me, isn't it? Call me a cynic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, but yeah, it's very sad that, that people died. And I think that that is part of obviously Poltergeist's legacy is that it yeah. sort of, if you, if you, 
if you're in it, you could die. But like I said, yeah. one, one of the people that died, it was no fucking shark. Like, I'm not being disrespectful to this guy. It just, it's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't very well. Um, yeah. <laughs> he will play a part in that, yes. But you made quite a, a, a good point just about, you know, it, it, you can't really sort of take the mickey out of the the effects and everything and it just it, the, the genre and everything it sort of drags i think i think this is this is my kind of horror just because it's eight this is 80s horror you know you look at fright night you look at poltergeist uh you know arachnophobia just all of mm-hmm. these the 80s and this is why I, lo- I just love the 80s in general but especially the horror because even the horror in the 80s it really couldn't be too much um, yes, because 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 loads of people had just died in Vietnam. You know, no mm-hmm. one wants to see their kids getting fucking killed. But then, you know, you obviously you've got the slasher and everything. Even slashers kind of became a bit funny. A little yeah, they bit, kind you know, of died it, out a bit. Yeah, you know, you got the Halloween in the actual seventies, where it's like a full-on slasher, like, oh yeah. my god, what's going on? And then you've kind of got, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth. You know, they, they 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 killed Kevin Bacon, which was hilarious at the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it they're all sort of kind of a bit playful and a bit, you know, yeah, whisk, no, you're right. it's the, it's spooky. You know, it's that proper sort of like not Halloween the film, like Halloween, just the the holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's that sort of harmless. We're a bit scary, but we're not. We're not the Exorcist. You know, we're, we're reading not the room. Babadook. Yeah, we're we're just kind of a bit fun. Yeah. And that's and- what I I like about all of these. Um, is they make you feel warm, and also scared at the same time. So- nostalgic for something and of course there were like mental horror films in the 80s of course there were ones which would be which would blow our minds but the 70s went so hard on horror like that because that was the new age hollywood it's a totally new scene you got these young filmmakers coming up uh, and we got some of the most iconic horror films just in general came from and throughout the 70s you know we've meant you we got the exorcist texas chainsaw massacre um i'm going to throw alien in their jaws uh, there's so 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 many more Halloween, like you mentioned. There's so many mm-hmm. that came from that decade, and then yeah, the '80s kind of took this weird like, futuristic pop culture spin on it, which almost as if to say, you know, in 30, 40 years time, your kids are going to love this, like like in Back to the Future. And <laughs> the '80s horror is, is now it never died, but obviously people saw like naughty's horror and were like, "Fuck this, let's go back in time a couple of a couple of decades." But it's endured because of the characters like Freddy, uh, Jason, and all that. Um, but also, like you say, because there, there was they, they kind of so many got that tone just right. I don't know what it is. It's like they kind of got they they got the teenagers right. They got the vibe right. They got the balance right. And I think Poltergeist it gets it right as well. I mean, this this will scare a lot of people, but it also will, won't scare an awful lot of people as well. But there's enough here, I think, for uh, both both of those camps to enjoy regardless. If it doesn't scare you, there's enough drama here and also some laughs. If it does scare you, then again, that's the, that's what you go into a horror film for. So it's almost like a win-win. But um, yeah, it's a very successful film. Uh, I would like to check out the sequel at some point soon. Do you have anything else you want to mention about Poltergeist before we roll on with our game? No, I don't. I think I think we have covered everything. Really, I think um, yeah, awesome movie. There we basically. go. Oh, apart from when Tangina says, uh, Diane's about to go into the closet and Tangina's like, you've never done this before. I'll go oh in. Oh my God, I was like, going to say that. Yeah, neither of you. Uh, d- yeah, you're right. You go. <laughs> and I, mean, I, I was, couldn't I was tell if it was funny that... or bad writing. 
No, no, it's supposed to be funny. It's definitely yeah, supposed God. to be funny. I think because the the tangy that was the only other thing because you you said is there anything else you're going to mention and then you said that uh, the comedic timing between like the bounce between Tangina and Steven are oh, fucking and that's that's the eighties horror yes. movies. That's what I'm on about is the fact that it they both just the the scares and the smiles kind of just come yeah, in, in heaps, you know, and you're just like great. Cool. Dana, Dana fondly remembers the Holiday Inn, and her mum's like, "What? Nothing." Um, the way she comes <laughs> home, Dana at the end, she's like, "What's happening?" It's like really over the top, and uh, and also, I bet the Holiday Inn were licking their lips at the extra residency this family's going to need now because they haven't got their houses being sucked into a vortex. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, even at the end when he wheels the TV out, they go in, they all shut the door, and then he comes the back and he wheels the TV out. But it's that again, it's just that final sort of laugh. But then it's also like right at the end, you hear loads of kids laughing. Yeah, it's kind of spooky again. Yeah. It's like, ha ha, they've got rid of the TV, but also, oh shit, ghost children. Ghost. <laughs> no, thank exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> and I expected that TV to turn on, but it doesn't. But ghost children. So there is something there. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. We can officially end the podcast now. I think I've said everything I could possibly say for one evening. And I still yeah. haven't had a full glass of wine. <laughs> Jesus, well done, you. Good job. I've right, been gassing well. too much, mate. I've been gassing. He's been probably been waiting to do a bit of poltergeist chat for the longest time. We've finally done it now and we'll I'm sure we'll do some more geist chat at some point. But let's end <laughs> then with our game. This is one that uh, Elizabeth came up with and she called it Polterheist. And for fear of butchering the rules, do you want to explain to our listeners how on earth we play this game? Oh my God, I was struggling to explain <laughs> it to myself, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. I yeah. Honestly, I tried to send Matt a voice note of what the game, I got myself in the right tears and I had to delete it. Oh, it was really bad. And then resent um, it and it was still a bit like a brain fart. It was still a bit. So what we're going to do is it's Polterheist. So basically we're stealing <laughs> quotes from other movies and putting them in this one. Yes. So... um I, I, it's because I can't think of an example. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quote from Poltergeist and at some point in that quote, we're going to cut it in half and put a quote from another movie in there. So yes. you might be like, yippee-ki-yay, Tangina Barrett. And you're like, well, obviously you're not going to say that because it's really fucking obvious and it's, it sucks. But Your mother sucks, sucks like, in hell. I'll see you in hell. Type <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're... <laughs> <laughs> you're you're creating you're creating one lucid quote out of half of a poltergeist quote and half of something else. <laughs> yeah. Oh yep. fucking hell! It just doesn't make any sense, but it, it does make sense, doesn't it? It does make sense. We oh, before we came on, we're like, I hope we've I hope both of ours are any good. So we're going to find. I hope that we're both singing from the same hymn sheet. I think we are, but it's <laughs> firstly as long as the other one recognises the poltergeist quote as well. We're like, what it doesn't make sense? But I think the, we've got three each at least. So we're going to have three each. And the winner is the one who guesses the additional quote. So the other film and also who can make the other one laugh. So hopefully they're funny. If not, then apologies. But that's the rules. So um, we've got. <laughs> yeah, the, are you following? Yeah, you dig. We've got the famous <laughs> Death by Pod noises lined up on the soundboard ready to go. We've got the klaxon ready to go. Uh, both of them, in fact. And as per. I always extend the invitation, Bloggy. Would you like to go first? So hold on, we've got my klaxon and we've got your like sad klaxon, right? Yes. If for those who Good. are unaware, this is the. If you get the answer right, you'll hear this. <laughs> and if you get the answer wrong, you'll hear this. Oh, <laughs> never loses its power. 
And also for anyone that hasn't listened before, they are actual noises that we made on actual pods. Yeah. Without, yeah we, just, <laughs> just because we're fucking weird, eh? <laughs> <laughs> we clip them out with no context and that is our game sounds. Got a game. Um, well, yeah, I'll, I'll go first just to sort of like, okay, okay. I don't know, because it's my game and I feel like I'm not explaining myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got to right, guess so which film the other the, the additional quote is yeah, from. The additional. So what I'll do is I'll read out the original quote. I'm not going to do any voices because I can't be fucked. So, Carol Ann, listen to me. Do not go into the light. Stop where you are. Turn away from it. Don't even look at it. That's the original quote. Here's the spliced one. Carol Ann, listen to me. Do not go into the light. Don't point. Okay. Can I look at it? Nope. No, that's it. You've seen enough of that one. Oh God! Um, can I look at it? No, you've seen enough of that one. Don't well, don't, I, don't don't point at it. Don't can I look at it? No, no, that's it. You've seen enough of that one. Stand by me. Do you want me to give you a small clue? Because I've realised it's a bit like you know when you say like lyrics in just your normal voice. Yeah, in your voice. And also, guys, this, this doesn't have to be from horror films. This could be from any film, by the way. Um, my my clue is is it's never been played. It's, it's never unplayed. been. It's unplayed. Um, okay, so it's maybe an instrument of some sort hasn't been played. Um, so he says, he says, like, don't don't look at it. Can I can I <laughs> can I look at it? No, no, that's it. You've seen enough of that one. Can I look at it? Video the ring. No. Um, oh, I don't know. I can't think. Oh, it's, it was Spinal Tap. <laughs> oh no! Here we go. Oh, ah, <laughs> shit! It gets... it's, no, it's it's really hard once you like. Ah, <sighs> it's, it's the, it's the tro- we've got our own trope here on DBP. Is that we always say it? It's easy when when you know it. It's like ah, oh, I get it now. But in the moment, I had no idea. I um, think I should I should have done the voices. Really, shouldn't I? Uh, no, I'm I'm quite happy to go without the voices. Uh, so because they let suck, me... right? <laughs> No, your like, voice no, is, please, your, please your voice is always very good. Um, okay, Thanks, so here we go. My one. So uh, mine is a back and forth between Robbie and Steve. Uh, it goes like this. Um, I'm going to do the original. Is yeah, this the original the, quote? Right. This is the original. So it's uh, Robbie says, I don't like the tree, Dad. Steve, that's an old tree. It's been around here a long time. I think it was here before my company built the neighborhood. Robbie, I don't like its arms. It knows I live here, doesn't it? That's the quote. And now with the new one at the end, it says... <laughs> I, don't, I don't like its arms. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good enough wow. as it is, but... Um, such a gimp. He is such Continue a ponty. So now with the new line. So I don't like the tree, Dad. That's an old tree. It's been around here a long time. I think it was here before my company built the neighbourhood. I don't like its arms. It knows I live here, doesn't it? You're pissing your pants. You're pissing your pants. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Actual dialogue. <laughs> uh, why do I just keep thinking about a troll too? That's all I can think about. Now. <laughs> you can't piss on hospitality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're pissing your uh, pants. You're pissing your pants. You're pissing your pants. <laughs> I like how we've both done this. But you say it in that sort of like. As if it's going to work. Yeah, as if my brain's going to suddenly just do me a solid. Um. Oh God, I don't know, mate. Um, Bugsy Malone. I'm going to go with Bugsy Malone. You've spliced Poltergeist with Bugsy Malone, haven't you? 
well, fuck me. No, I haven't. But I have got I've got a few quotes here which I was going to pick from, and one of them was from Bugsy. Um, so I'm not going to go there anymore. Genuinely is uh, that one was from? Oh, hold on, before we uh, reveal it, here here we go. It was from Seed of Chucky. The girl says it to the doll, the 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 pipe, the kid of both dolls who pisses himself. So. Yeah, oh Robbie, you're pissing your pants. Okay. You're pissing your pants. So, no, n- nil poire as per classic. We're back. Gosh, okay. Well, I think you're going to get this one. So, buckle you'll definitely up, get kiddies. one of mine. So, the original quote is this house is clean. Okay. Nice and simple. Spliced quote. This house should be condemned. There's serious metal fatigue in all the laid-bearing members. The wiring is substandard. It's completely inadequate for our power needs, and the neighbourhood is like a demilitarised zone. It's Egon Space it's Ghostbusters. Hey, does this pole still work? Santa Claxon. One of my quotes was Ghostbusters as well. Um <laughs> you, you kept being like the Ghostbusters, and I was like, oh, fucking hell, that's, that's, fucking that's, idiot. that's one nil already to Matt. I'm looking over at my, I've got my Ghostbusters stuff over there in the corner there, so I love me some Ghostbusters. Um, you're definitely going to get this one. Because it, I didn't realise how easy you, made you, it. You, you watched me not get it. No, I, you. you this that. is this is like this has become iconic, and and it, for all the wrong reasons. So the quote is uh, the original. Now let I can't do the voice. Let's go. Let's go get your daughter. Now let's go get your daughter. However, Zelda Rubenstein speaks. The quote is now. <clears throat> now, let's go get your daughter. Evil dies tonight. For <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hall- Halloween kills, isn't it? <sighs> Sound of klaxon, everyone. Evil guys tonight. Do you know what? I wouldn't have got that if I had it was it was on the telly. One of those nights where I was doing that revenge procrastination, where yes. I was like, I stayed up till night half one in the morning watching Halloween kills, and yeah, just flogging yourself just by watching I that did, cat. Yeah. I would have. Thought, I completely blocked that bit from my memory where Tommy Doyle was like running through the hospital, and then like, Tommy, it's it's not Michael Myers, and he just goes, "Evil dies tonight," evil and dies. just runs off. There's a great <laughs> thing on YouTube if you just type in "Evil dies tonight." There's about a two minute montage of every one of those characters just shouting it. I hated it. It reminds me of you know that bit on the the, the hand signal that they do on Big Trouble in Little China. It's so much <laughs> like that. It's just like evil dies tonight. Yeah. Evil dies. I couldn't get away from it. It's on the side of buses. I remember coming out of it saying it just felt like taglines. The characters just spoke in taglines the whole time. Um, but enough Absolutely about terrible. Halloween kills. We are now one all. We've got one left each. If I get this wrong, and then it's, uh, Bloggy has a chance to win. Oh, I think you're going to get this one, right? I hope so. The original quote is, now clear your minds. It knows what scares you. It has from the very beginning. Don't give it any help. It knows too much already. Which, by the <laughs> way, quite a chilling line. It yes. already knows too much about you, you very fucking cool. idiots. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, spliced quote. Now clear your minds. It knows what scares you. It has from the very beginning. Show them no mercy, for you shall receive none. Oh, fuck. I watched this the other day. Also, I um, someone shouting it. I shit. No, I, I generally watch this the other day. Um, it's a, it's um, a bow and arrows, uh, beards. Um, fuck. No. 
with a sword and an army and it's like <laughs> show them no mercy but you shall receive none the two towers lord of the rings yes! two towers yes and like klaxon for frodo <laughs> for frodo one more for frodo <laughs> you that's, guys are getting two films that we keep that we've referenced that i've referenced and that you've referenced that are now in this game so sorry um i don't know <laughs> oh, if i have a token i was bitten for something <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if we've referenced this one this is to draw mate so if you don't get this then sorry guys i will win the comeback mat game do you want to know what your third spliced quote is now we just leave it as a draw if you like i'll see you uh, next time i'm already time. winning so it doesn't matter okay here we go the quote the original quote is don't worry about it after all it's not ancient tribal burial ground it's just people besides carry on sorry how was the it, fuck no? did you get that bit wrong then i don't know because when i scrolled down whilst you were talking i saw that and kind of realized oh i put my foot in my mouth there but it's the parodies the parodies got to me um but yeah so it ends with besides so uh, don't worry about it after all it's not ancient tribal burial ground it's just people besides now with the new quote in lily it is don't worry about it after all it's not ancient tribal burial ground it's just people besides if you're from africa why are you white <laughs> I, was not, I was not expecting that. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's mean girls. That is mean girls. You got it, Claxton. Hit me. <laughs> yeah. It was, of course, <laughs> mean girls. Uh, so we're going to end this game on a draw. Uh, I think that's only fair given we've just come back from a hiatus and it's only it's only fair that everybody's a winner. Oh my god, oh my god, here's another here's another mean girl splice. Okay. So <laughs> you son oh of god. a bitch, you moved the cemeteries but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones. You only moved the headstones. Why? Why? You let it out, honey. Put it in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this door locked, Mr. Freeling? Because you stink and you smell like beef and cheese. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Many, many stupid ones. But hey, look, I'm happy to share the spoils with you on this day as we praise Mean Girls and Poltergeist as one. Uh, Steve says tomorrow I'm going to call someone and Diane says like who I looked in the yellow pages furniture movers we've got strange <laughs> phenomenon and there's no listing there's also none for Gretchen Wieners <laughs> I think the poltergeist and mean girl splice is my new favourite thing I'm sure if, did I, at any point did I say fetch in poltergeist <gasps> Ebers, that's so fetch <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be some great quotes about putting Robbie down as well oh, you can go shave your back now <laughs> <laughs> and he's really hairy, Steve is. So there you go. Yes, this is true. Shit. Would you, would you like your muffin buttered? <laughs> you doesn't... like me to assign someone to butter your muffin? <laughs> yeah, this didn't go to what I thought at the end. It's perfect. It's even better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tom's <laughs> Tobe's Diner feet jingle bell rock. Yeah. There we go. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Uh, we're going to make Polter poltergeist poltergirls will try and make that happen i thought poltergeist <laughs> was a good pun but poltergirls will do as well oh my favorite do <laughs> oh. you like a poltergirl <laughs> yeah we do have a bit of poltergirl here but guys 
I'm sorry to tell you that is that for Death by Pod episode number 29 of talking about Poltergeist. We certainly hope you enjoyed everything we had to say about this film. We've got on the sheet that we're going to be talking about Orphan First Kill next because I know a few people have asked about our thoughts for that film. Um, I very much look forward to hearing what Bloggy thinks of that film as well. But, um, mate, thank you for coming back and talking horror. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me slash having me without sounding sexual. No, well, it was your idea to do this again. So <laughs> thank you for having me and inviting me without sounding weird. Um, if you want to tell us about Poltergeist or anything that we got that was factually incorrect about this film, follow us <laughs> on social media at Death by Pod across uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's where we are to find us. Follow us, let us know about the film. And also, if there's any other films that you want us to cover, let us know. Like, like Poltergeist too. Like, like Poltergeist too. Yeah, so guys, if you would prefer us to do Poltergeist two next and not Orphan, let's put just, a poll just up. Rally, just a Poltergeist. Oh fuck! Oh mate, <laughs> that enough. one actually just fell out of my mouth. That's, I couldn't stop it. That's it was enough, like an please. involuntary fart. Um, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was shit. The be- oh, I was going to say the best kind, but all right, we'll put a poll up so I can either be poll to guys two Orphan first kill, and also guys like if there's any films on like. I know Shudder or any streaming services that are like bang easy to watch. Let us know as well. Um, Cause I remember Bloggy made us watch one called wounds and the cleansing hour and with mixed reactions. So they're always quite fun God. to watch as well, but we will cover one of those films in uh, PG two or OFK <laughs> next time we do it, but it won't be very long <laughs> before the next one. I will. It won't, no, it won't be long. It won't be long. It really won't. I will of, yeah. force her to do another one <laughs> for you guys very soon Yaskia thank you so much for being a good boy but yeah let us know what you thought about the show if you know a fan of Lux, uh, Poltergeist or horror films and podcasts let them know that we are here we are back we are great and uh, thank you again for everyone who has been listening in our in our little absence there really generally appreciate that but from me until next time see ya and from Bloggy you only moved to headstones <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> Woo-hoo! Bye. Oh.